This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share and collaborate. De- definitely that and the the top books that an EM oh, should yeah. have on the shelf. That that episode was all you, our audience, and you guys took the time to recommend the books and then to vote books up and down this list. And that episode has done really, really well, which lets us know you guys want more content like that. So we want to thank you for for engaging with us on that poll as well. Hi, and welcome to the 100th episode of Ian Weekly. First, I want to thank all of you for making this show such a success. We do this for you. This week is a conversation with my friend and co-conspirator, Brian Colburn. Brian is the reason that the website looks so good and all the functions of it also work. He's also the guy that I bounce my ideas off of and... You know, just talk about what we should be doing here at Ian Weekly. So really, without him, we wouldn't have too much of a show. In fact, if you come to the Emergency Management Leaders Conference this May, on the 29th to the 30th in Phoenix, Arizona, you'll see Brian in action in the EM Weekly Mobile Studio. By the way, there's early bird registration on sale right now at emlc.us, so don't wait. And if you're a student, you get a full $200 off the complete conference. I hope to see you there. Also, join Ian Weekly for our upcoming webinar on March 28th when we discuss the emerging technologies for emergency management. Now on to the interview. On this week's episode of EM Weekly, we will be talking to Todd DeVoe, the host of EM Weekly. Todd, welcome to your show. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. I, I appreciate it, I guess. So this is Brian. For those of you who've never heard my voice, which is the majority of you, I'm the guy uh, pushing buttons in the back end usually. And on this, our 100th episode, we kind of wanted to take a step back and talk about the last 99 episodes of Producing EM Weekly. And uh, just take it from there. We've accomplished quite a bit. I don't think we've fallen short on a single goal, Todd. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And uh, the cool part about it is we've gone right now, we've gone a hundred episodes without being late. Although we've had a couple that went a tad early. Yes, we have. Uh, One was you and one was me. (laughs) You know, we, we push a button that says schedule and it just decides to post and we say, ah, let it roll. Let it roll. So, Todd, why don't you give us a brief overview of what some of the goals are that we wanted to accomplish, and then we can discuss them individually. Yes, sure. So uh, let me go back a little bit. You know, some of you may not have heard the story of how we got here, and it really started off with me having a challenge of bringing guests into my classroom. And I recorded a few recordings here and there, and they just were terrible. And 
And then uh, you and I were having a conversation. It was in December of 16. And uh, you said, well, why don't you try just recording podcasts? He goes, and then the way you could just, you know, link them to your free or class to listen to. And, and when I really first started thinking about doing this podcast thing, I wasn't thinking about it as being the EM Weekly show. I was just thinking about it being Todd DeVoe talking to some cool people in emergency management and having our students listen to it. And um, it grew. It grew fast. And EM Weekly, realistically, was something that a few of us were tra- talking about doing, was I think it was 2007, wasn't it, Brian? Yes, it was that long ago. So, but the original concept between it was just pretty much an aggregator of of news sources that revolved around emergency management, kind of like a news magazine, if you will. And we we had it up there for a little bit, trying to play with it, and it just we just never got it working. And then some of the organizations started stuff, and it was just we were just an, uh, a me too, if you will, when it came to EM stuff, and I didn't want to be a me too, so we kind of put it put it to bed. But I owned the URL. And that's kind of part of the reason why we are the Ian Weekly Show is because I already own that URL and I thought it fit because we were doing a weekly podcast. So I think it all came together at that point, and that's when we started doing using Ian Weekly as our as our uh, our title for the show. And like I said, I think it fit. And so our goal was to bring guests on the show, and then we kind of moved forward a little bit too, of trying to bring quality webinars to our audience. And so far, we've had three really good um, webinars that we put out, and we have scheduled six for this year total. So that was one of our goals, and we hit that. And then our audience recognition and and also working with IEM and the uh, Emergency Management Leadership Conference, I wanted to work with, with both of those organizations, and we've got that as well. So I think those are kind of the, the big ones that we sort of put out there and were able to obtain. So some of the goals I had for the show were more based on the quality of product, the consistency of product. And Todd and I have gone back and forth. Sometimes he might lag a little bit and I have to apply pressure to him. And sometimes I lag a little bit and he's applying pressure to me. And And we hope that that internal struggle isn't being broadcasted across our show. That's one thing we've really wanted to ensure that we were putting together a consistent quality show for the viewers. And our numbers have climbed. Thank you to all of you who are listening to this show and subscribe. And if you're not subscribed, if you're listening on either emweekly.com or sitchradio.com, Please grab your phone, find your native podcast player, search for EM Weekly and subscribe. That way you know you're not going to miss an episode. You're not going to have to hunt and peck. But Todd, do you want to talk to the audience about some of that back and forth that we've struggled with over the last year? Sure. Yeah. So just like any other relationship when it comes to things, there's sometimes there's, uh, I don't say conflict is not the word I'm looking for, but good conflict, good, good, positive arguments about what the show sounds like and, and, and the direction of where it's going. And, and I think it's, it's definitely creative. And I didn't think of myself as being a creative person, to be honest with you. When I started this, I'm pretty tech, technical when it comes to my technology. Trust me, I have to ask Brian about that. 
but technically when it comes to, you know, rules, regulations, things that need to be done, you know, emergency management work, that type of stuff. And uh, to, to be honest with you, the, the creative side of me wasn't really something that I ever thought about. And then putting the show together, I definitely realized I have a flair for, for some things and, and a specific idea of what it should sound like. And, and uh, those conversations are had on a regular basis between Brian and I and, and what the look of it is. And like our biggest thing is trying to get good quality, um, banners put up and Brian does a really wonderful job on, on that. Um, and some of the struggle is trying to get some of our guests to, uh, get their photographs up and, <laughs> you know, sometimes you'll see some really cool banners with a really cool photograph. And then other times you'll see not such a cool banner because Brian doesn't have anything to work with. And that really, I think that's his biggest sticking point with me. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? Oh, I still hammer Todd episode after episode about quality pictures you know our cell phones nowadays you can turn that camera on yourself and take a really cool picture get in some decent light and i've got plenty to work with and you know some of the images that get sent to us to utilize for the you know banner for the episode or the instagram posts or whatnot are are lacking typically they're usually too small to even build with you know in instagram they want a 1440 pixels so that's 1440 pixel by 1440 pixel at the minimum and we've gotten images that are like 120 pixels <laughs> so it's not even 10 percent that's like i can't work with this and and you know when i say todd and i struggle we've we've actually had a lot of great conversation and first and foremost i think and i'll speak for you todd and correct me if i'm wrong we have learned so much in the last hundred episodes of putting this show together. And one of the cool things that came about was asking the EM community is so giving and, and so caring and they, they truly have a compassion for their work and making the community at a whole stronger. And I remember telling Todd, I want a top 10 list. Who are the top 10 dream guests you want on the show? And the next week would pass and I still don't have it. I'm like, Todd, top 10, top 10. And he finally gets this list. I'm like, great. We put together some, you know, canned emails or email framework. And I remember Todd sending the first note out to Craig Fugate. And what was that reply, Todd? And how fast did it come? Oh, it was, it was, yes. And it came quickly. There was no, no equivocation on that answer. And it was, uh, <laughs> I was kind of like, you thought a little bit about it. I was like, holy crap, here's this guy who's uh, a local EM, you know, yeah, I'm involved with some of the organizations, but really at the end of the day, it's a small organization that I'm part of in the smallest county in California. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll come on, you know. And I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And then I was like, okay, let's start getting other people. So then when I started asking authors to come on, it was cool to have them come on on the show as well. And again, you know, they obviously they have a, a reason they're pitching their book, but I'm not picking a book that doesn't make sense to the EM community. So it's not like I'm getting a whole, you know, I don't know, like a self-help book or something like that coming on the show. I'm getting, you know, leadership books and stuff like this and, and, and getting those guys on the show and, and for them to say yes. So it's really kind of cool. And then of course, it's been a long coming on the show. Um, those are sort of the kind of the big, 
the big fish that I was able to, for lack of a better term, to, to bring on the show. And I was excited about that. And, and you know, that, that speaks again to the strength of the community, the emergency management community. They, you, you guys are really giving. And the one place you can help us out is shoot us an email. It's Brian, B-R-I-A-N, or Todd, T-O-D-D, at emweekly.com. And let us know what you think is lacking. Let us know what you need help with. Let us know what doesn't make sense to you in the world of EM. And put that onus on us to go find you an answer. If Todd doesn't have it off the bat, he loves to research, and he'll not only figure out a path for you to follow, hopefully we can secure a guest to bring him on the show and explain it. I've, I've always been a firm believer that if one person has that question, there's 50 behind them with the same question. And it just takes that one person to speak up. And once they do, that responsibility, we don't take lightly. And we want to give you the content you want. We want to feed you the content you feel you need to make EM Weekly better and to make that same community that much stronger. One of the places where I had the most fun with EM Weekly is on is on Facebook on the group, and so we have the page like everybody has a page, and then we have a group which is closed and it's closed on purpose, so people have to say why they're an emergency manager, and they come on the on the group, and it's not a huge group, but it's a fun group, and we do polls and and conversations and sometimes a little bit of debate um, about emergency manager stuff, and I, I do a live on the group and on the page too uh, once a week. Those those conversations are a little bit more loose, if you will, when we're on the on the group. The other thing as well is that I put polls up there asking questions regarding you know what do you guys want to hear, you know what what are your feelings on this that or other thing, and because of the polls, we went out and <laughs> sought um, Santa Claus's uh, emergency manager, and we had a laundry list of questions all from our uh, members of the group that came on to to ask Santa Claus's emergency manager. And I thought that was a fun episode. We had a good time making it too. Definitely. That and the the top books that an EM should have on the shelf. Hey, let's just take about uh, 60 seconds here and listen to our sponsors. Seconds count during an emergency. That's why at Titan HST, we're always inventing new technology to help people stay safe and help people who can provide help get connected with people who need help. At Titan HST, we've deployed mesh networking, allowing emergency communication, even when networks are down, augmented reality, and real-time translation. We believe in the power of people to help each other stay safe and thrive. Hey, welcome back from listening to the sponsors really quick. Without them, we couldn't do what we're doing here. So please reach out to them, tell them that Ian Weekly sent you. Now back to the interview. De- definitely that and the the top books that an em oh, yeah. should have on the shelf that that episode was all you our audience and you guys took the time to recommend the books and then to vote books up and down this list and that episode has done really really well which lets us know you guys want more content like that so we want to thank you for for engaging with us on that poll as well Hey, speaking of books, so one of the questions I, and you know, those of you that listen already know this, but I'll just say it again for maybe this is somebody's first episode. 
one of the questions I always ask, and I did it more so for my own, I like to read, right? And so I did this for my own just curiosity of what people are reading. And I also believe, and I, this comes back from the Marine Corps days, that reading, number one, is important. Number two, having a good, strong reading list for people involved in the field of emergency management and something I can give to my students um, as well, as I think is really important. So having that, that reading list was, was always important to me. And so I would ask my guests well, what they're reading or what they recommend to read. And from that, we also started the poll. But because of that, that, that question, a friend of mine who works for FEMA, <laughs> he's, I don't want to out him, so I won't, but he, uh, he called me and said, hey, I'm going to steal that. And then now FEMA has a reading list. <laughs> taken directly from the idea of asking people what they want to read. And, th- and that's awesome. And again, we're strength, hopefully strengthening the community. Obviously having a book list does no good if nobody's looking at it and or reading it, but uh, we had good engagement with that episode and that poll. Yeah. And I'm going to do it again. So starting September ish on the group, if you guys want to get involved, come over to the Facebook group and, and you can vote. And I'm going to do it again. I'm going to put, books I'm thinking about. And that's the thing too, is it wasn't just my books I should throw up there that I was like, Oh yeah, these are the 10 books I want to see. What's the vote? No, I, I, I put a few books up there and then I left the poll open for our membership to, to go through and, and put books, books they wanted up there. Matter of fact, there are some books that made the top 10 list that I didn't even think about putting on that list. And it was because of, of our group that, that got on there and they made the top 10 list. So that's kind of exciting. And you know, what's funny. I attempted to put a book up there and Facebook was just being glitchy that day and it would not allow me to add a book. And indirectly, it has a lot to do with EM in my opinion. And Todd and I have had great conversation on this subject, but directly it has to do with sales. And for those of you listening, the book is the little red book of selling by an author named Jeffrey Gittimer and the discussion and why it's important to EMs and the discussions I've had with Todd over the last few years is that in my opinion, EMs do a poor job at a being their biggest cheerleader and B thinking of their EM program in a business aspect to where you constantly need to chase funding raise funds, apply for grants to make your system bigger. And I think that book might open some eyes as to a self-promotion, promoting their department and thinking long-term for securing funding for your department. Oh yeah, that's hundred percent. You know, it's kind of funny you say that because today I was actually reading um, a paper that was written a couple of years ago, actually. And one of the concepts that the author was talking about was that in emergency management, number one, we are a political group just by nature because we have politicians, city council, county council, whatever, coming in and saying this is what they want. And so we have to be really reactive to to some of that political understanding. Number two, to take a back and look at Katrina Right, and that's a really obvious example where the failures in that response 
have political ramifications, not only for the president of the United States, but for the governor of Louisiana, the mayor of New Orleans, those people as well, were held accountable by by their base, which they should be. And and so, number one, so there's that. And so understanding that our job as a political animal is really important to when you go forth and, and you're doing what you're doing. Number two, residents and and even like the people, business owners, and even the city council, they don't really have a great understanding of what we do as emergency managers, even today. And they understand lights and sirens. They understand that. And a lot of our money that should be coming to our efforts here as emergency managers is being spent and sent to the other public safety services, such as fire, police, and EMS. So we are kind of in a, in a battle, if you will, with those agencies for funding, number one. And number two, having them really understand what our mission is as emergency managers takes some salesmanship. And I think we have to be our, our, our own cheerleading squad. And that's one of the things I struggled with for years is being my own cheerleader. Still do for that matter. But we have to be our own cheerleading squad going out there and, and telling the public what we are, and what we do. And then we have to get really involved with other divisions, departments in your city or county, planning departments, land use departments, those type of departments, uh, public works, things like this. We have to really be involved with them as well, not just our counterparts or at fire, EMS, and police. And so understanding that book realistically tells you what you have to do to keep yourself visible and viable in the community, because otherwise it's going to be easy to cut that position, which somebody doesn't understand. And so you're right, Brian. I think that's a really good choice of a book. Todd, have you read it? I have. <laughs> you better have. <laughs> so, so Todd, what is your biggest joy? What's the biggest joy that you take away from producing episode after episode of EM Weekly? I guess I'm a teacher at heart, and I like to I like to really share what we do as a profession with others. And it doesn't necessarily mean like teaching. I mean, I teach at college, but but just sharing with others what we do and, and opening others' ideas. And then the cool part about it is I made some really great connections and friends throughout the three years that we've been doing, or two and two years now, this is our third season, uh, throughout the two years that we've been doing this. Um, and being able to go to like the IEM conference and meeting people who listen to the show kind of blows my mind a little bit. And, and then also being invited to other shows and it's still being in contact with those people who I met at IEM or uh, I've been on their shows or, you know, like stuff like that, or people just reaching out to me and saying, Hey, do you want to collaborate on something? And we start talking and, and we have a regular connection. I think that part of it's really cool. And that's, I think that's my favorite part of, of doing the show. So thinking back over the 99 episodes, which 
episode did you have the most fun recording? <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of hard to say. Um, <laughs> the fun part, I think, would be the Christmas one. That was just hilarious. I, I We had to stop a couple times because we were laughing so hard and, and uh, pause it and <laughs> restart. That was just that was just fun because it was a silliness. It was just it was good times during the holidays, and it's just fun to do. I think my most interesting uh, conversation was the uh, Raven Rock conversation um, with uh, Garrett Graff, and he's not an emergency manager. He's just a he's a guy who just kind of found this ID tag, and then from there just was like, "What the heck is going on?" and like just found like these really cool facts about, you know, the history of emergency management. And I thought that was kind of just the most fascinating one because he literally found an ID tag on the ground. And from there got all this information after being curious about it. I think that's favorite part, my, my most interesting inter- interview as far as content. So Todd, what's the future of EM weekly? Well, you know, it's really cool. We've, we've been getting a, a lot of great interviews, and so we have a bunch of them coming up. So if, you, if you're listening to this and I recorded an interview with you, you, you are in the queue and you're coming up, but we're doing some, you know, the editing and stuff like that. So that's what's going on right now with those. Well, like I said before, we have webinars coming up. We've got six of them that we're doing this year. Um, if they go well, we're going to do more. And the cool part about these webinars compared to, like, say, other ones, is that we aren't selling anything at all. <laughs> you know, it's not like those other webinars where it's like sponsored by, you know, this corporation and it's a, an hour commercial or maybe like a 45 minute commercial and you do like 50 minutes of question and answers at the end. This, these are full out conversations of emergency management where you can be involved and ask questions and go into the chat and, and uh, chat amongst the people there as well. So, I'd love to have you guys come to those because they're, they're a lot, number one, a lot of good information has been shared. Number two, they are kind of fun to be a part of. And this is number three is this is building another community for emergency managers to have regular interaction with EMs talking about EM topics that uh, affect you on a regular basis. So um, our next one that we're going to have is going to be in March. It is the emerging technologies in emergency management. And that's going to be, a, I think, a really good show. Uh, we have a couple of good techie people coming on. And I think you'll be interested in having to hear what they have to say. Yeah, it seems like uh, technologically there are more and more tools and assets being put into play for EMs. For those of you who don't know, I was a responder to Katrina in a rescue ambulance. And we didn't have cell for quite a while. And we didn't have paper maps for quite a while. Some of our instructions were pick people up here, drive north for about an hour, and then ask somebody. Um, And we rolled with the punches. But technology is getting stronger and mesh networking and cell towers. If they go offline, they're coming up faster. So, you know, if you're not paying attention to technology in EM, you should probably start um, just so you don't get far behind the curve. Okay, Todd, we're coming to the end of this interview and this is the toughest question yet. What book books or publications would you recommend every EM have on their shelf? 
Wow. Well, that's a good question, Brian. Thanks for asking. We have about, you know, an episode that talks about the top 10 books that belong on the ER shelf. And uh, I, I really stand by, by that. However, however, there are a few books that I am actually reading um, right now that I think that uh, are really going to have a, a good play into what you do um, as emergency managers. Um, and one of them is, <laughs> it's kind of funny, I'm laughing at myself because I hear other people recommend the same books, but I have to say why. Um, it is extreme ownership. I, I liked it a lot, number one. And number two, it just really shows like what you need to do um, to to really own what you are. Uh, I, at first, uh, I read The Dichotomy of Leadership, and um, I, I thought it was okay. Uh, so I kind of read it backwards. Um, the only thing is for me with those is there are a lot of military stories in there. Those I kind of skipped through. Um, but the, the principles that you learn of leadership that we learned, Brian and I are both in the military, that we learned in the military are true today. And uh, I think that's that one's really um, important. And then this one here is by Simon Sinek, and it's Why. And I think that that's one of the things that we miss as emergency managers is that we don't understand what our why is as emergency managers. And I think that's why sometimes we get lost into what, um, into the responding agencies such as fire, police, and EMS because, and we don't understand what our why is or we don't articulate to the public what our why is. And I think as emergency managers, we really have to understand what that is, articulate what that is, and live that why. I want to take the opportunity and to tell all of you, we truly appreciate you listening to the show. We truly appreciate those of you who have clicked on our either advertisers or sponsors and have engaged with them, but bringing you some technologies that we believe in or companies that we believe in, even with some advertising money and sponsorship money coming in, we don't make a living off running him weekly. Um, pretty much every dime's gone back into improving hardware and software uh, so we can provide a better product for you. You know, some of you have clicked and you have called and you have engaged with them. And, and you know, we hear back from them and we're grateful for that very, very much so because that just is kind of proof of concept that what we're doing is working and there is value in what we're doing. And that's just my analytical brain in the back end measuring what my concept of success is for the show. So again, I want to thank each and every one of you. If you ever have questions again, you can reach me at Brian at emweekly.com. Todd, do you have any parting words? Again, I, I'm going to just kind of echo what Brian just said that we're here for you. And, and this is not, about Todd or Brian for that matter it's about you and I really want you guys to own the show make it part of what you want and then always please reach out to us give us ideas burning to come on the show and you have a lot of stuff to share you know, we'd love to have you it's just a collaborative effort as emergency managers we are collaborative people and this is what EM Weekly really is this is not my show I just happen to be the caretaker of it today I do really appreciate everyone out there that listens to the show and uh, thank you so much.